Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Top Golf because when we got there, um, they had this whole like bowling setup where you had to have a membership. You log, you had to have a membership, and here's the problem: is normally I feel like I'd figure this out, but in the midst of the moment of being around like eight people on a Sunday afternoon in 100 degrees, they're like they're touching the screen, and I already knew if I get involved here, I'm gonna get mad. So they're just like they were trying to do memberships. Like, do you have a membership? I was like, no. Why would I have a membership? None of us have ever been here. Apparently, you like log in, and again, let me be clear none of these Mexicans knew what they were doing. So we could all be wrong, whoever hears this. But apparently it is like bowling. Uh, right before we hit the record button, Mayor, you had mentioned bowling. You're, you have like your turn and you take swings and you get scores, obviously, by the net, which that I think is applicable to all top golfs. Uh, but we did not do that because as they were trying to be this organized, I flat out said, look, guys, we all have kids with us. It's 100, like, why don't we just start hitting golf balls until the game's over. We'll figure this out. And that's exactly what we did. And honestly, that was way more fun than sitting there worried. Cause you know how bowling gets, and this is, you know, I don't want to take topics, mayor. You got a lot to talk about. I'm going to let you drive. The one annoying thing about bowling, which would have been for top golf, except we had kids. So we had to stay there is the guy that goes to get a beer right before it's his turn or goes to do something right before. And so I, if that was in top golf, it would have been every time me, cause I had to go down and play connect four with Sammy every uh, 15 <laughs> minutes. But Anyways, uh, it was fun. I think it literally made me think, I mean, as I always do, I could be a professional golfer. No, but I do believe I can hit a golf ball now, which I never thought I could do. So it's good. it only takes playing golf. It only takes smacking them a, a few hitting a few good shots. It's the one that brings you back. Now, I will tell you, relative to doing the registering and all that, yep. I found that to be a royal pain, too. And what so I did. you had I, to do it? Well, okay. I, told, <laughs> I told the lady that was our server, I said, look, because I had my, my in-laws were with us. And again, it was just this controlled chaos. Well, it was out yep. of control chaos, but she's trying to, you know, basically was to get up there and put in there that I'm like, look, just she used her little card and she like Played registered it. five or six people. Oh, nice. So then y'all just free for and, all. And, of I, it, right? and I slipped and then I slipped her at 20. So, <laughs> I love Mayor. Mayor, you're so old school that you actually had the 20 on you to slip her. Like, you got to carry cash. We'll talk about that. I, I, to be clear here, I paid for the whole table. Uh, after that, because they all order food and drinks, and uh, my uh, my best friend I barely see him, so I was like, but all right, before beep, I know you have something to say, go ahead, because I think I have an opinion of how you're judging me and Mayor, because you absolutely would go crazy if you didn't get to know your own score. But go ahead, yeah. So here's here's the reason why they make you register at Top Golf. So those balls that come out all have an RFID chip in them. Right. That's how, that's how you find your scores, your distance, blah blah blah. If you hit one over the net and destroy someone's vehicle, you break someone's windshield or you you know, do something that can cause the property damage, they can charge you specifically for that damage because that ball is tied to your account. Yeah, that sounds like a scare tactic. Like if you pee, no, that's pool, that's like it's that's like it's like good luck knowing it was me, and it won't turn you. I don't know. I I feel like that'd be hard to prove unless they also like yes, it came out. But if you know me, I shanked went up to the roof. It came down, went down two places. Who knows what happened to that ball? Uh, but the reason makes sense, I guess, from a scare tactic. And maybe are you mad that me and Mayor were just like free for all? Don't worry about your score. No, you misconstrued because I cared oh, about my score. Okay. I, had, so you, I, I had a score set up. Yeah, we yeah we did that. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> we're not doing this I, without a score. Now, I will say the one thing that's the fallacy in the one, we were at the one in Chattanooga. So uh, it was about, I guess it was 
I don't know if they're all the same. It was about 220 yards to the end to, to where the fence was. So it's it kind of limited. And then, you know, the, the scoring is based on accuracy, but if you pound it to the fence, it's the automatic, like 21 points or something. So you can either okay. have fun and hit wedges or do these little fun things to do target price, which I did. But then I just said, you know what? I'm just pulling out the driver. I'm just going to bang it off the back fence and have it fall in there and, and get as many points. But we weren't playing competitively. It would be hell of fun to take like four or five buddies and go out there and hang out and, and compete. That wasn't it would be if four or five buddies played, right? And that's the thing none yeah. of us have ever. Yeah. So we were like, let's just hit the ball. But d- does it have the nets for accuracy? Is that what you meant? Like there's there's holes in the. In I'm talking the, about the net at the the fence at the end of the. Right. I get that. If you hit the end. But in so for us, there's the ground has nets in it that you're aiming for different nets. And if you get in, you get a certain amount of points. This had artificial turf. The one I went to had artificial turf and it right. had flags and everything, but there okay, weren't any so, nets. Okay. So yours was net. truly just measuring like, okay. Yeah. Ours yeah. was like, ours has like a whole different holes all over the ground, like the trampoline idea in baseball, but they're nets. And so you can hit them. And if they get into the net, whether it's right in or they roll in, in different nets, you get different points all the way to the end. So gotcha. Um, Sammy got the first little red one. He actually hit one right over and yeah. So it was luck, but whatever. Still counts. He beat me twice in Connect Four, but well, that's another day. This legitimately, he did this. That's how hot and how annoyed I was. That I was, I had to leave our bay, go down, play Connect Four, and he beat me twice. So, anyways, um, welcome to post post game. Hey, cold. So open. normally, when you hear that, you think, "Great, I get to hear Flem talk for thirty minutes and beep throw sounders, and maybe if we're lucky, Stupak will come in with the perfect." <laughs> With a perfect joke. But today, uh, and I think, Mayor, you've been subbing for my lack of professionalism for like two, three weeks, maybe. Maybe even longer. So, one, thank you. Two, you have a lot to drive here. And I'm not just doing anything where I give you the work once again for a fourth week in a row. But I feel like without that, we wouldn't get to them. And they're all good ideas. So, I'm going to pass the mic over to you. Wow, the torch. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, let's let's start uh, this episode kind of the way the show has started the last couple of days. Do you want to uh, note condolences to Dan and his family on the passing of, of Lebo? Um, you know, there's times, personally, I get a little personal here for a second. I get, <laughs> Dan could be a little bit much sometimes, and depending on the topic, I either enjoy it less or then even less but but I'll tell you the things that I absolutely am drawn to about this uh, person, Dan Lebetard, his genuine, deep caring of people, uh, his strength in sharing his vulnerability today, his eloquence in expressing his love and his raw emotion. I, it was very touching today to hear him talk, even more so than yesterday. Uh, and I just have a note here that Lebo was the artist, but Dan painted a beautiful picture of his love for his brother. And uh, in addition to that, Juju's content that he has put on the social media stuff has been really well, too. You know, those of us that didn't know uh, his brother kind of get a a little bit better peek into their relationship and what they're going through. I certainly feel for his parents as well. And honestly, I feel for Dan, um, you know, having to look after his parents in the emotional state that they're going to be in having to having to go through this. So, um, again, just don't want to killed the show but that's how the way no, the show started it's certainly appropriate to reach out and, and at least offer what condolences we can to dan and his family yeah i mean I, I, obviously i know a lot of people you know vocalize as far as fans their condolences and agree yeah, i think it's hard to 
say anything uh, at this point that's ever going to like be remembered or, or help long term. Not to dismiss what you said, like what you said is exactly perfect. Like, what he's done, um, I think it's to me, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, when you hear somebody pass away that you didn't know, you're like, no, but I heard a lot about them. Like, that's kind of how it is. It's almost like, oh, I, you know, your brother told me about him all the time or whatever. So it's just weird. It's a weird way to feel that affected by somebody you don't know, but that's this community and that's the way Michelle's built this all in. So, yeah, condolences. And uh, I think everybody took it a little harder than they expected to take it, even like as far as fans, because it's not often you feel the loss, I think, that way as somebody you, you kind of knew but didn't. But anyways. Yeah, I, I saw someone post on Twitter. It's It feels like your best friend just lost their brother. And I think that's what a lot of us have been feeling. I mean, I know personally, I've been listening to the show for, you know, 12 years now. So having, you know, the Levitard, you know, show in my life for that long, you know, three, four hours a day, every single day, they do still start to feel more like a close personal friend than just, you know, some faceless person coming out of your speaker. Yep. Thanks for uh, saying it because I'll tell you, you know, I know it's a podcast now, but you know, it wasn't radio and I'm a, it's the power of radio. It, it's yep. such a, such a powerful means of communication. And you do have that ability to make that connection with the audience. Well, when you're on that side of the mic and of course the people you listen to, you, again, you develop, a friendship with them, even though they don't even really know who you are for the most part. So it's a good Important point. Correction. The tweet was, it feels like my brother lost his brother. Okay. Thanks for the clarification. Was it your tweet? It was, it was intended to be the bad. Uh, yeah, no, it was somebody else's. I know you're talking about, I was trying to do the bad journalism to get us uh, beyond the great words that were said. Hey, in other words, Billy's back. Hey, how about that? I, I love the fact that his first 15 minutes was like dismissing Mike trying to like, Mike is so arrogant, so cocky. And I let me clear. I love Mike, the goat. And, but the, and I don't know if it's better or not the desire to like befriend or get Billy's buy-in. It's like watching a manager trying to get that employee. And I know it may not be that. And Billy just dismisses everything he says so quickly. And that to me, when they do that back and forth, it's the best I've seen because I'm like, both these two know how funny they are. And I don't know if it's a bit or I don't know. I mean, it's always a bit, but the dismiss from Billy and the break in from Mike is one of those like all uh, all jokes have a bit of truth in them type thing. So, yeah, Billy was back in the first 15 minutes of him and Mike back and forth about a baseball text was perfect. I don't know why I had so much analysis on that, but I love that first 15 minutes. Sorry. Well, that's good. Beep, any thoughts on that? <laughs> No, actually, that was that was, that was pretty perfect. Uh, I I I love the fact that when uh, Stu was talking during his uh, weekend observations, we all thought it was going to be about Dan, but nope, Billy. So yeah. that, that was that was a nice little nice little touch there. That that was fun too. The um, I did have a chance to we just traded pleasantries after the birth of his now second child, and again the the shipping container once again proves they cannot generate a male. Uh, out of out of the group, all all females. They're going to have uh, a lot of weddings to pay for in the years to come. And well, you know girl. Well, you know, Flem. You know, you got you got boys that are roughly you know same age. Maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a connection to be made down there in the in the future. I baby, literally. 
I I would not blame them if they're like I would like the offspring of Flem to never know, know my daughter. Uh, I'm okay with that. But they have a they have their own little baby sister to take care of now, so we're good over here. That's good. Yeah, you man, you guys are pumping them out like uh, a gumball yeah. machine down there. Need that tax break. Good for you. Well, God's blessings. Well, keep on for for all means if it's working for you. Keep on uh, keep on keeping on. <laughs> not bad at all. Uh, the, the other thing, Greg Cody Tuesday. Greg has been on his game. There, there is no doubt about it. We had a, a pretty darn good back in my day relative to packing. I absolutely love the guy, and I will tell you that on on Monday mornings uh, here on the East Coast, I am at seven o'clock. I'm constantly opening up the podcast and hitting refresh, just waiting for that um, to get on there for for it to upload. And I, it's part of my Monday morning that I look forward to. So I love the guy. I've had a chance to converse with him a few times. This Look underwear me, thing, <laughs> this underwear thing has got me absolutely just jarred to the core. Um, 100%. I, I, there's just, there is no reason in, in the country of the USA for anybody to be wearing a pair of underwear longer than one day. I don't care if you've put it on for five hours and took them off and then like went swimming and then came back. It's, it's just time. It's, they're like, um, it's like a one use. It's like a it's like a, a paper mask. You're gonna put it on, you're gonna take it off, and you're throwing it away. But to say that you're going on a 10-day cruise and you're taking five pairs of underwear, and to hear Chris's indignation going, Dad, stop saying that. It's yeah, um disgusting. Some it's of the personal disgusting. habits just kind of are, are troublesome. It it's disgusting, it's nasty. I could not excuse it. Like I try to like convince myself maybe you wore swimming trunks and things. Like, no, I know better than that. It's it's just nasty, and I have no excuse. It doesn't matter if you're in Alaska doing a, a you know a, a cold you know cruise, or you're in the Caribbean or the Mexican Riviera. It's hot. It doesn't matter. There's there's some sort of just cruise ship heat that causes okay. some dampness. I didn't know. So yeah. you're making this specific to a cruise ship. I feel like I get it. It was the cruise. <laughs> I was like. Wait, why does it, why are all these qualifiers important? And no, I don't is, care if yeah, I don't care if it's the pandemic and it's a Monday morning. Like you could at least change your underwear. I say that knowing I have not during the pandemic on a Monday, but it's absurd to me. And I will say, so Mayor, do you and maybe do you overpack? Because to me, the one thing I overpack is socks and underwear. Those are the two things I overpack. As a guy, I probably take less shirts, less air. Socks and underwear, because I don't know how many times I may need new ones. Here's the funny thing. I will get on to my my lovely wife of 30 plus years, and I will I'll be like, you're overpacking. We got too many bags. Well, most of her stuff is cosmetics, um, you know, shoes, got to have a hang up bag. And then there's always a second bag or these smaller. It's drives me kind of batty. However, I am a terrible overpacker myself, I will tell you. But I, I mean, I'll stuff it all into one suitcase. But for instance, 10 days, um, I don't know that I've ever been gone 10 straight days, but if I were gone 10 days, there'd be at least 13, 14 pairs of underwear, at least 13, 14 pairs of socks. Yeah. Um, there's there's going to be extras. And again, I've I've got full control of my faculties. I just, you know, <laughs> it's not like I'm going to have an accident, but, you know, you might want to, I, I typically work out when I'm on vacation. So, you know, you might, you might have a midday something or you, again, you might go, do something midday and just not feel you like might pressure. have sex. Just say it. You might have sex midday. Yeah. And now you can't put those underwear back on. 
That's true. I didn't think about that. that. I so two well. Well, leave the socks on while you're having sex. I, I mean, the socks is not, yeah. This, well, Mayor, do not admit that <laughs> you did that to trigger me. Don't you? Uh, I, I love that Mayor is talking about the workout though. Because oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete. What I'm saying with, with the socks, you can underpack if you're wearing you know flip flops or deck shoes that don't require socks. You can you know miss a couple of days in that that trip. You know itinerary. Yeah, but, I'm not. But, I just do those because of the workout. Mayor was right, where it's like just in case I work out, which we all do on vacation. I've worked out twice across all vacations I've ever been on, and they were on the same vacation. It's only because my wife was still drunk at 11 and wouldn't get up. So I have. We all do it, right? We all pack the running shoes when we go on vacation. Always. Yeah. Okay. Well, beep is very real. That's what I do. Well, I was, I'll tell you, I was in Savannah for a conference. Uh, it was week before 4th of July. And it was a little warm down in Savannah. And uh, it was a four-day trip. And three of those four days, I was, I got in my three miles and we were good. Well, you're looking pretty so, swole there. I don't know if it's a blurred background or not, but uh, Mayor's no, looking no. jacked. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's things going I knew on it. Yeah, I could, yeah, I could tell. When he wore that fitted those fitted sleeves... I've been there before. They're not. They're not fitted. It's just the way it happens. All right. Oh, I, tr- I know what you're doing. Blue shirts are a little tight in the uh, in the sleeves. As as I like to say, this body doesn't just happen. <laughs> so, well, but thank you, thank you for noticing. But in, yeah. in the gym, you know, trying to trying to do no, can. By the way, a, a great. Uh, I will tell you as we talk about cruise ships and exercising. I'm I I I had meniscus surgery earlier this year. And I think what was the final straw was running while I was on the ship that we were on in, in April uh, or in February. I had meniscus surgery in May, and I'm 80% sure that that same meniscus is torn again. So uh probably got an MRI in my future. Uh, so it's not like Tommy John surgery. No, a meniscus, it's it's not ligament or tendon. It's just the cushioning that's in the between your kneecaps and all and behind your kneecap. And there was a portion that was tore out, and he just pulled that part out. But I think uh, I think what was left decided to kind of join its brother. Yeah, beep. Anyway, moving on. Relative to the Greg Cody show, on the show they they were talking about someone tore their. I got this joke. It was like the the good the good thing like you're supposed to get Tommy John. Anyway, you know. I'll, oh, I'll, I got you. I, I, I loved watching it because I was like, that's why I yelled, "Yeah, beep." No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Once again, you threw a fastball, and I was looking for the changeup. Went right by me. Good one. Uh, by the way, relative to the Greg Cody show, Yeti does it again. Yeti is having a moment. Uh, he, I've done you the Greg Cody night on the heels of uh, the previous one. Uh, just absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I always send him a little note when I hear stuff. And he's even made the big show several times yeah. here in the last few yeah. weeks. But that no, he has those, those two. The last two offerings are bangers in particular. So when you mentioned Greg Cody and how like you you look forward to him, I had text Yeti. A month ago, like, hey, the show is uh, like the Greg Cody show is getting great. He's not only his songs, like one his he's been crushing it. He's having a moment. He he's doing very well. And I, he was always meant to be Greg Cody's like producer because those two are both the same age mentally. But like he's making it a very, very good show. And so I told him like because I I'll be honest, I never was a fan of the Greg Cody show. Um, neither's fault. I think just it wasn't worth the, the fan with. But he's been doing a great job. So. Songs and producing, salute to you. I texted him the other day when he moved to Miami. Um, he texted me a joke about not having a father after it. I don't know how I got there, but salute Yeti. <laughs> uh, 
All right, so let me move on to the next thing. Also Wait, in beep? That's oh. Eddie? Beep's been mad ever since the Johnny Cash song never took off. You know what? There, there, there's a whole thing with that. I don't think I got it sent to the right people or I didn't get it sent at the right time. I think there was, there was a timing issue there. Anyway, moving I on. Can, I can broker a piece of um, cord if you'd like. I do think Yeti is doing a hell of a job, though. So. Moving on. I came so close to pulling off the most fantastic thing that I probably would have done in my professional career. You know, in addition to the radio station, I manage a theater. Uh, you've seen on the Billy Gill Day that marquee that uh, has the the Procl- Billy Gill Day on there. Uh, that's okay, a theater that I'm 500 seat performing arts theater. I was trying to get Brad Williams in the theater on February the 4th, which is right after Billy Gill Day anniversary, which is January 31st. I've, I was like, this would be perfect to get Chris Cody, who's wanted to do stand up, to come up and, and open for him. It was just all the stars were lining up. I'd reached out uh, to his booking agent. Actually, I reached. I thought I was reaching out to the booking agent. I actually got an email back from Brad himself who said, hey, yeah, reach out on my page to do this. So um, I, I finally got to his booking agent, and he sent me back, and he said, Brad's announcing a bunch of shows, uh, six, you know, a big, a big tour tomorrow, and he's performing at the Buckhead Theater in Atlanta. And he's coming right around that very same time. So there's no way he can, you know, we're t- I'm too close to Atlanta for him to, to be part of the tour. So maybe in years to come, it'll happen, but it just, it didn't happen this time. This reminds me of every skate you see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. I coughed right before I just ate a bunch of sausages where uh, the guy starting his own business answers the phone as his own secretary and says, please hold. And then he answers the phone did you just expose that Brad Williams runs his own, runs his own uh, manager's email? I was like, no, he's not here. No, he's like, hey, no. it's me. That's what I just imagined happening. He's like, this is my front. I hey, went on his me. website. I went on his website and I thought I was reaching out to the management company. I actually reached out to him. He, and then I point, I, again, I reached a totally different person. Theoretically, it's an email. How do you know? And uh, this happened. But I'm happy that he's got a 60 uh, city tour going. I plan on getting ticket tickets. It's actually go on sale tomorrow. So now my next hope is that I can get some good seats and reach out to again via email because I did send him a note uh, after his Samson sit down that was um, that I thought was a very good interview as well. And then try to get a chance to meet him. We'll see. The Samson sit down was the only time. And uh, I'm not being hated. Like, he seems like a good guy. It's the only time I enjoyed his uh, content consistently very one-liner but go ahead beep i was just going to say the the person that you're thinking of was a former guest of lower after hours uh kelly james he was starting his music career and he also had people call into his his manager quote unquote yeah Michael yeah also i need to call myself out like me i i in my head i wanted to go for a full rip and not some of it would be like i just i'm not a big fan but it doesn't mean personal I couldn't do it because of how bad my cough was. I'm so mad that all I could do was say, not a big fan, and then just beg Beep to bail me out. So apologies, I couldn't pull off the rip ball. But no, Brad Williams, the the one with Samson, I do agree. That's that's one of the few times that, um, you know, yeah, I enjoyed the true because it was him. I, I'm just not a big fan of forced uh, jokes in the middle of conversations, late, late night stand-up stuff. Anyways, yeah. um, shout out to Samson, though. 
that's my guy. I, I hate people I, hating on Samson. I I feel the same way. I've well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to just agree with you, and I'll move on from there. Got a couple of other things. Dupac is here. Yes, Dupac's getting ready to jump in. Let me share this with you. Know today's show, they got into a little talk about heaven and the coolest people in heaven and all that. A couple of different thoughts on that. Um, anyone else uneasy about the thought of Prince in heaven? Now, I'm certainly not going to judge. Uh, and I uh, trust me, I've got my own faults, but I'm going. They're saying Prince is up there, and I'm like, mm, a little troublesome. I, little troublesome. Wait, 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 was, wait. Prince is. <laughs> You gotta give it. You gotta break it down. I I love Prince. I'm sorry. I we used to call we used to call people that just learned about Prince during Don't Purple Rain. We used, we used to call them Rainers. So I go I go back. I, I get mean, into the asterisks, brother. Get into the asterisks. <laughs> Here, bona fides, One of one of my favorite songs is Bob George. If you know what that one is, Stupac. But no, he had he had some questionable um, encounters with potentially. Uh, I'm not aware of this. Oh no, he there was issues with Apollonia and with uh, some of the members. I think of Eve Six, okay, and th so. there might have been some times when people women might have wanted to leave his estate that weren't allowed to for extended periods of time. See, Prince so, is the first R. Kelly. Uh, well, no, not to that extent. They were at least old enough, but um, yeah, there there were some there there were some troubling things in that. And again, I say that as a, as a huge fan of Prince, uh, which by the way. Sinead O'Connor stole that song, and it is one of the most beautiful songs ever. And uh, but it's a Prince song; it's not a Sinead O'Connor song. When you make a cover that good, doesn't it become your song? I mean, like with Johnny Cash Prince, and Hurt. No, it does not. And Prince, Prince did not actually care for people covering his music. Well, no, uh, I, one I, of the big and actually one of the biggest travesties is that you know he had a vault full of music when he died, and people, you know, it's it's stuff that he produced you know, with him on it and people were wanting to release. And it's like, no, the reason why he didn't release it is it lacks something. He didn't feel it was worthy to be published. I mean, it may be brilliant when you listen to it, you know, we would, we would might just absolutely love it. But the truth of the matter is he was the artist who didn't feel like this was good enough to be put out in the public. And now since he's gone, you're going to drag it out in the public. It's kind of peeing on his uh, legacy. Isn't that what tell we do that, all tell that to all people Tell that to Tupac and Biggie. Well, that's true. Too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think we do that to people, whether it's music or not. Like, oh, now we're gonna go dig up something you didn't want to be public and say. Bro, they released twenty Tupac albums after he died in the first five years. Were those? Yeah. Were those? Was that content that he wanted out that he just didn't have a chance to put out, or was those it were all unreleased verses, as you so yeah, proclaim? There, there's unreleased, and then there's like vaulted, did not want. Right, so I think there's unreleased, and then there's. Hey, these are not for this listen, album. But they let out. Listen, they let out anything that you didn't hear. They let it out. Yeah, no, I agree. Tupac right. didn't have twenty so, albums worth of stuff he wanted us to hear. I, I don't disagree there. So Tup the the second thing troublesome about the heaven conversation, I mean, said at one time he wanted to get drunk with Whitney Houston, um, who was a known addict uh, that actually led to her death. Now she had a little problem with the cocaine. Uh, not necessarily alcohol, but I just found it kind of funny that Amin was like, yeah, I'd like to drink with her. And I was I mean, like, but if I'm going to get drunk, I'd like it to be with somebody that has a bag. I mean, I think he was insinuating something else, but continue. <laughs> um, I didn't, I actually missed that part, but I didn't, hold, hold I didn't on. think that. I just was like, my go initial, the guy. you got to read between the lines, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> my initial dispute with all this, and uh, may I'll give it right back, is the fact that they kept it to heaven because it was just top five dead people. 
And when they said heaven, I was like, why do we have to assume that? Just give me anybody that died. I don't, I don't want to assume where they went. Like maybe I do, maybe I want somebody that, that didn't get there. So anyways, back all right, to bro. Well, you hang out with all the people in here. You want to, I don't want to hang out with nobody. That's not it. We don't know who's I, where I, you, you, you have a, you have listen, a roster. I understand where? you, bro. But if I pick you and you in hell, then I pass and I pick somebody else, bro. I'm not going down there for no reason. Like, uh, is this so, the full contract? Do you still owe me? <laughs> Well, let's I'll do still, this. Still problems. I, I mean, what about top five living people? Who who do the t- who the coolest top five living people in your mind? I I honestly couldn't think of that because I spend my my entire personality is driven off of people I find annoying. So I give you top five annoying. I don't. Plenty of people are cool. I think uh, Stupak, you you're good at this. Who's your top five cool people? Oh, I'm gonna go with annoying, and I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna have one, and that's Eminem when he didn't battle rap Connor, Con, Young Conzi. So that's gonna be my one. Dun-dun. Did is he did he get laid off ESPN or what happened to Connor? I don't even know if he's still around, but wherever hey, man, he is, he's still, listen, see, happen. now you hate him. He's still around. I just retweeted him the other day, bro. Don't hate on him. He's still around. He's still on ESPN. He's signing, he's grinding, bro. Come on, calm it down. Connor, if you're still out there, keep up down. the good work at uh where whatever that station is you're at. Top five famous people beep. Or not famous. I, yeah, they did go famous, which I guess you have to be famous, right? Nobody would pick, like, y'all don't know my guy Kyle from high school. The dude was cool as shit. He died early. <laughs> like, nobody's going to do that. So be top five. Top five living or, or dead? That yeah, I, we're going living. Living? That was the, yeah, way to pay attention, producer. Listen, I come, here. I come here, man. Uh, number five. The Rock. Yeah, you had that. I, I've got it still, and and listen, I can actually hear it this time. How about that? Good. Let me shut up. Yeah. Uh, number, number four. God, I I can't do this off the top of the you head. This, this is this is us being bad at podcasting. Mayor obviously had a list ready. We should have given sure. you time. I, I don't this have a list ready. Bad. I don't have oh, a list don't? ready, but okay. I'm gonna go. Let's I'm, go. I'm number five, go. Mayor. I'm going to go, uh, and mine is based on the diversity of talent, people that entertain, and you'll see a theme here, but uh, I don't know how I'm going to rank these properly. Gosh, I'm going to go Martin Short. Can sing, can dance, and entertain. Funny guy has also done some dramatic stuff. Uh, I'm going to go number four is, uh, well, I'm just going to have to pull out one of the names, Jamie Foxx. Oh, good pull. Because again, Jamie Jamie Fox again can do well, comedy, yep. can do can play music. He, he's just he's just a, a Swiss Army knife. Unbelievable. Gosh, I should have made this top three because I know what my number one is, and I can't burn it before then. Now you have um, two people that are multi talented. Well, actually, number three, I'm going to go Bono. Long musical career, and again, this is. Um, a guy that uh, has has been kind of worldly, been a little bit socially active, and um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, that's why I'm going with him. I, I got to make that number, number two. two. Number two is Christmas. What a what an audible! Good job by you. I mean, why Applause. not? Applaud. No, what what a way to bail out, pivot and go. Okay. Number one is Steve Martin. Again, some may know prop comic. But also stand-up comedian, also has won an Emmy Award for, excuse me, a Grammy Award for banjo playing. 
had a number one hit on the radio, even though it was a, a kind of a goofy song called King Tut, has done comedic acting, has done dramatic acting, has been on stage with the Tony Awards. I actually recently saw a video with him and Gregory Hines tap dancing. So there's nothing that Steve Martin can't do, and he's been doing it for damn near 50 years. Sounds like you just want to be on an episode of Only Murders in the Building. I, I've got it. I'm, I haven't watched it, but I'm getting to it. If I'm being honest, when you said Martin Short, all I pictured was Steve Martin. I know there are two different people I know who they are, but just because of the show, when you said Martin Short, I was like, great number five. If Steve Martin's number five, and right. no, good way to pull it off. I, I, I was confused. Like, did I hear Steve Martin twice? Uh, Stu Puck. If I, I got only, five. I'm the, I got okay. five, bro, but I'm keeping my shit show related, bro. So number five, man. Let me get Malcolm X. Number, Number four. Number JFK. Number three. Three. Harriet Tubman. Number two. Mansa Musa. How, how do you not how do you not go Juneteenth there? Number one. Tupac, bro. Hey, see, we know he's still Tupac, alive. Listen, though, Tupac is a bonus pick because I know I'm getting Bob Marley, Sammy Davis Jr. Basically, with Biggie, I'm getting everybody with because I know we chilling with everybody. So when I roll with Pac, I know I'm rolling with the whole, whole shebang. You feel me? So I'm getting like a hundred people, a thousand people when I roll with Pac. See, so you just me? have Pac being like, "See, your name is Tupac. Welcome to heaven. Let's go meet everybody else you want to meet." No, bro. I got to pick five people, so this was my list. Uh, but you named were any of those people? Hey, man, this I see why you didn't rap for Gisha. The list was because he would have killed you, bro, with this type of thought process. The you question right was, now. Rick Barry. <laughs> the list was alive people. Were then any I, of those when I came alive? on, didn't I say I'm sticking with the show concept? I'll stay. I'll stay. Oh, I show thought, thing, bro. I thought. Okay, can I be fair here? This doesn't sound bad. When you wait a second, wait a second before you do that. Wait, wait. Okay. Did you say Rich Barry or Rick Barry? I said Rick Barry. Okay. Rich, yeah. Then it made my voice. I don't even get my voice. It's been so annoying lately. I uh, I thought Wait, when you said doing this. True. I've gotten three texts that I sound like Patrick Mahomes because the quarterback's on Netflix. And I'm like, motherfucker, he sounds like me. I just wasn't one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Uh, Pac, I thought you were doing, this is going to sound bad, but when you said sticking to the show, I thought you were just going to do top five black people. And that's like the Roy thing. That's what I thought you were doing. I didn't know you meant like dead. So apologies. But Pac's not dead. Uh, Beep, have you had time to come up with? Sure, why not? Number four, Jay Farrow. Number five was The Rock. Okay. Jay, no, okay. Number four is the worst number of all the numbers I've heard today, but go ahead. This man, have you you seen his impressions? You know know my, my affinity for, you know, limited fakes. This man, this man, Holy shit. If you if you haven't taken, you know, five minutes to watch Jay Farrow's impressions, do yourself a favor and do it. I mean, his bag, his bag is deep. His bag is deep. It sure is. But here's here's my take on impression comics or whatever. If you if I ever met most stand up comedians in life and they're just conversing and they just even did half of their normal conversation, you'd probably laugh at some. If somebody ever was like, here's my impression to somebody in real life. It's the it's like no it's like magic like do not do that right now this is not the place and so in order to get that right you have to have practiced that around other people in society and I find you awkward 
Number three, Frank Caliendo. Before you get to that, I want to I want to applaud Flem for the outstanding uh, Adnan Verk uh, impersonation of just being verbose and shitting on Beep's list. I'd be less offended if it was anybody else. I hate man. I mean, Flem is nowhere near Adnan Verk because Adnan Verk does God's work. Continue. Number two, Kevin Pollack. I don't know who that is. You have to elaborate on that. One of the greatest, greatest comedic impressionists of all time. Beep, are you doing it? Go ahead. Number one. Number one. Just look him up. <laughs> are you going to look him up? I don't know about that. Number Rich Little is not number one. No, Jim Meskinen. Look him up. So you're welcome. Stupak. Or I guess mayor. Anybody. Did y'all did y'all realize that he was whatever he was trying to do? I guess this was your bit was to get people that knew who these five people were as impressionists. And that was like the lane you chose. Like, I'm gonna pick five impressionists. Well, okay, so here, here's here's the thing. It's, a, it's just a weird like I get the pattern, but it's a weird thing to assume people are gonna hit and like get. Well, no. So if, if I'm going to hang out with a person that can be a hundred people, what's better than that? <laughs> so you think that picking those five people, you now so, get every impression they can do. I so know. The I didn't. So the rock does what impression? Rich guy. He forgot five was the rock when he started his point. No, 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 no. I, I know the rock because who, who's going to get us into all the cool places. Who's going to have a, have all the money. Obviously these impressions are not going to have all the money, right? The Rock is, and he's got his, you know, his tequila. I don't think I would like to hang out with The Rock. And if if you go to where the impressionists are, there's probably going to be a lot of room in those spaces too, because there's not a lot of other people there. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, the well, fact that you didn't have Rich Little or Soupy Sales in this, um, Rich Little is, and so is Ross Marquand. All right, listen, you can't believe Flynn when he say he won't hang out with nobody because when we had Young Tanzi on the scene, he was backing down. So. I believe anybody who come around and offer a friendly hand, Fleming, Fleming them would be down, bro. So don't feed me that. Like, hey, I'm not going for Flem dissing people in person. He's more friendly than... Wait, more friendly than what? Uh, <laughs> nah, Conler, it's on site. Conler? Connor, it's on site. I, I'll say that out loud. Um, and it's in not on site, bro. It was on site, and then you backed down. We already seen what happened when it was on site. Onions. Young Kanzi, the none king. of your top five were alive. And you didn't mention Because that was my point, bro. I only pick dead people like the show, bro. And I got JFK in there so he can tell me everything that's going on. I got Malcolm X. So oh, him I and Dr. Mark. Right, bro. I, I had can't all believe the I said they were all black. <laughs> no, I okay. had JFK so he could tell me what was going on. I had Malcolm X. I had uh, Harriet Tubman so she can explain to me with the rundown. I had Mansa Musa so he could tell me how the gold was red. And then I had... Uh, Tupac, bro. I don't want to be rude, but in 2023, I'm not like going to Harriet Tubman. Like, so what's going on? Um, but no, Mayor, I think I'm Mayor's talking about, hey, man, see, because you're not trying to get the information of how the whole thing was done, the whole mentality. Like, when they talk about the Kobe Bryant mobbing mentality, bro, no, bro, that's really a mentality before that. You feel me? Like, you have to understand instead of like thinking of something different. You feel me? Like, 
That's why you were scared to battle Kazi, because you don't understand. <laughs> Makes sense. You know what? I'm just going to go to hell. I'm, I, I don't think heaven's for me. And that's going to do it for this Transition. episode. Post game. Oh, are we done? Okay. I thought, or, it's not. I'm going to cut I that. I thought we had like two other topics. We do? No, I, 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 we? I don't know. Go ahead. R. I thought. That note that says that's all I got, that typically means I'm done. R.P. Lebo, man. I done missed out hella weeks, bro. I done sent out my number. Don't nobody text me, bro. What's going on, dog? Y'all don't like me on the show? Did I get fired? Somebody let me know. I don't text anybody. Uh, but I, I asked you, is that your new number? Because I told you you ghosted me last year. Like fourth quarter last year, I texted you. You didn't respond. So, and you were like, my phone was probably was broke, bro. You know, I work on towers, man. I got a, you know what I mean? Life is hard on these phones out here. You the best signal I, then? I, I prefer, that's just, I prefer the excuse to be like, I don't have signal, even though he's working on a tower. Like, I, didn't, I don't have signal right now. But uh, hey, it'd be like that too, bro. Um, <laughs> on a tower, I don't have no fucking signal, bro. Shit is that weird. Like, did awkward. Okay. I guess that's the way we're going to. No, not you, Pox. Sorry. That, that was a horrible. You're bad at this beat. Um, no, good job, everybody. I'm joking. I just was like, oh, we're done. I didn't realize the time. So. All right. Um, okay, Thanks for listening to this episode of Lauer After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lauer After Hours or Instagram at Lauer After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.